Welcome to the Plant and Root Podcast, where we seek to encourage independent Baptist leaders as they labor to start and strengthen churches. I'm Michael Britt, and today I'm joined by my good friend Jerry McFarland and Chad Colburn. I pastor the Topsom Baptist Church in Topsom, Maine. Jerry McFarland is the planter and pastor of the Oxford Baptist Church in Oxford, Maine. And Chad Colburn is pastor of the South Liberty Baptist Church in South Liberty, Maine. Welcome, gentlemen. Actually, it's just in regular liberty. I was wondering about yeah. that. Yeah, South I thought South I'd... Liberty. Isn't, and the, uh, Burkittville's really close there, too. Burkittville's a rock's throwaway. Yeah. yeah. And so is Washington. I feel like my GPS led me to Burkittville when I was going there once. I Burkittville don't know. is actually more of a demographic than it is an actual place. <laughs> but they claim wow. it wholeheartedly. Yes. 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 There's no it's zip code. It's there's actually no a township of Appleton. There's yeah. really no zip code? No. No. There's How just, about that? It's Appleton. Hmm. Yeah, but I love it. Well, on that note, let's talk about starting and strengthening churches, the whole goal of Plant and Root. Um, I was given the opportunity to prepare a topic for my brothers here, and the topic that I chose was the uh, attractional church, the attractional church. And I wanted just to uh, pick you guys' brains on this as we go. I don't. We didn't receive our topics ahead of time like we did before. That was with training wheels. This is a little bit without training wheels, starting with episode four. Um, so I don't expect anyone to have a very polished answer, but I think it's something that we could benefit from talking about amongst each other. Um, uh, with regard to the attractional church, what is attractional? Uh, how did being attractional play a role in our outreach? Um, how far is too far? These sort of questions play a role when we, when we um, consider planting a church or rooting a church, especially one that we're in a town perhaps with um, only a few people or even in a large city. If we find that our church is maybe not growing, is there a temptation to resort to attractional things? Or do we see the attractional model as being uh, an intrinsic part of the church planting method? What do you guys think? Can I jump in here with a question? Yeah, please okay. cut me off. So when you when yeah. you say attractional church, mm-hmm. are you are you speaking of something that is um, an intentional model or an accidental ministry philosophy? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. And the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I think with most people, no one would admit to saying. No one would admit to, I am an attractional church, because I don't think anyone really sets out to be an attractional church. I heard it from one person like this. He said, well, Jesus used hooks when he fed the 5,000. And I would argue he didn't do that to get more people. He did that to take care of the ones who were already following him. Um, But I think people mistakenly, in my opinion, is what I want to talk about, um, people mistakenly misread some of the biblical methods of uh, outreach for being attractional in nature. And uh, and I have a couple of examples, but I don't want to just dominate the time. I want to get you guys just pre- preliminary thoughts on what an attractional church might look like today. Have you had an experience with it? Um, have you found yourself being more attractional than you originally thought? Um, and have uh, uh, how would your church look different if you did use attractional methods? Just, just kind of a roundtable discussion on that. Well, I mean, look different in the way by drums and smoke and fog right, machines right. and big bright lights, mm-hmm. right? I mean, come on. That sounds like uh, the fire department <laughs> being summoned. Bright lights and smoke. Oh, so. man. I mean, okay. you, you can do a lot of really fun things. I mean, you can put an amusement park right. back if you want. But, uh, yeah, 
but we're talking about the biblical role for how God builds his church. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got some thoughts, but I want to hear what Chad was going to say. Well, I think that I think there are people, you know, pastors that are attractional on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, their intent is to draw a crowd and they can they can say that in drawing a crowd, you know, we want to be able to preach the gospel to them. Right. But um, Pastor Shetler down at Pensacola Christian, when we were when I was a student down there, he preached a message on dating and in dating he pointed out you know seven steps to the perfect date or something like that and one of the points he made was that how you get them is how you keep them right and so in an attractional church model if you are going to draw people with cotton candy and clowns you have to keep pumping out the cotton candy and be in the clown mm-hmm. you know be in the clown sometimes the pastor is he's the clown he's the fun guy right uh he's he's the coach the pep talker that gets them to come and he's got to maintain that persona uh which i tell you what when you look at the scripture that's in front of you and you know that god's you know leading you to preach that passage uh there's a lot of times there's no room for being a clown (laughs) that's right you know and you've got to you've got to say some some hard truths that people need to hear and if you've only been a clown for years on end you've not built any credibility to your message yeah um so yeah i would say that how you get them is how you keep them is a really important principle for making a decision on that right i met a guy one time uh, and we were he, he was uh, part of a church plant as well and the church was growing and i wouldn't say thriving but it was growing and uh, he asked how how we were doing because I you know I told him that we were also involved in planting a church and this was back in October, and um, he the next time I saw him we were in this this class together and the next time I saw him he brought me a book uh, by I believe his name's Andy Stanley oh yeah. Oh, yeah and it's the book I don't remember the actual name of the book but I remember the subheading underneath the book and it said or underneath the heading there. And it said, building a church that unchurched people want to go to. Right. And the more I, I yeah. thought of that. Now, yeah. I, I know that 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 extreme is not our audience. I right. I totally get that. Right. They're probably not going to be listening to this podcast. Our audience is, is independent, fundamental Baptist. But I do have to say that um, that would be the intentional side of attractional church 100%. I mean, they set out for that purpose. We are going to be attracted. We're going to attract all these people to us based upon their appetites that they currently have from the world and from Hollywood and from culture and from everything that they have. So we're going to bring the same, uh, we're going to appease that same appetite. That's not the people we're talking to. I understand that. But but like you said, you know, how far is too far? Like right. I, I threw the book in the trash. Um, <laughs> I told him, thank you, you right. know, but I, but I definitely did throw it right in the trash and didn't look at it. Because I don't want, I, I mean, obviously we don't build the church. Jesus Christ builds sure, his church. Sure. But he does it through us and through our yeah. witness and through yeah. going out through the Great Commission. But I don't want any part of um, uh, the heathen, the lost people that do not know God, the people that are at enmity with God, I don't want them necessarily being attracted to our church by their same appetites sure. that they ha- can have greater of them in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to do it pleasing to God. So the question is, that I would bounce back to you guys, is uh, we know that's not the extreme, but how far is too far? See, this is where, us, yeah, this is Baptist. where you're, you're talking. I'm thinking, 
okay, well, we're having in, we normally have a VBS. Yeah. And you've been a part of those VBSs. Um, Our purpose and our intent, you know, is very clear. We're endeavoring to get the gospel to not just to, to kids, but to their entire families. We have VBS at night so that, you know, parents can be there um, and be a part of it. And certainly there is an element of fun and enjoyment uh, that's built into that. There's some goofiness on our part. Uh, but our purpose from the onset is clear, but it's an interesting question. Right. You know, is VBS too far? Right. You know, are we better off being, you know, stoic in the mold of, um, is it Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of an angry right, God? Right. right. That tremendous message, God used it. Are we to revert well, to that model? Well, there's clearly a balance. There's clearly a balance. Is it so clear? Tell us the balance. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Write it out for us. Because I could save myself a whole lot of work if I don't have yeah. to do VBS again. But, well, <laughs> um, so I, we don't do VBS. I, I, and, you know, I think a big part of it is uh, I think my answer would be different if we had a very large church and a lot of children and a lot of outreach workers. Um, right now at this stage in our church development, if we did a VBS, it'd be me and one or two other people putting the whole thing together, and I work, you know, an outside job. So right. that's so. would I have a different answer if my situation were different? I ask myself that question about a lot of things. But where I'm at right now, um, doing things to bring people in to get them saved carries a bit of baggage of pragmatism in my mind. Uh, scripturally, when you look at uh, evangelism, they went out mm-hmm. and evangelized. Paul did it, the apostle did it, the disciple did it. Never one that I can think of, and I, I could be way off on this, but I, I, I like to think I know my Bible you know, enough to make this statement. that I don't see ever them having a, and we'll go into tent meetings 100 years from now when we're brave enough to deal with that topic, uh, never did you see them having this big tent meeting camp revival and their and their desire was let's go invite a lot of people so that they can get over here and, and hear the gospel um does it work of course people have been saved at those meetings mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. um but do the ends always justify the means and it's a hard question to ask when you're talking about the end being the eternal salvation of someone's soul right however um we also have to recognize that our our practices are they tainted with uh, pragmatism and i would answer um, that it, it, you know, when Jaron started speaking, he mentioned drums and and smoke machines and fog lights, and I think those go on cars. But you get, but you get yeah, the idea, right? Right. <laughs> Strobe lights. Those are the ones. <laughs> yeah. Fog um, lights. Yeah. Fog lights. Yeah. We use fog lights. Get them in. Um, so I, I've actually lost a young couple in my church to a to a, a, a an assembly like that, and it kind of killed me. But that's that's where a lot of young people are going. It's because they're bored with, with church as it was. Now, here's the thing. I'm not a boring preacher that I know of, right? Um, it, it, it reminds me, I'll just say this, it reminds me of a story that I, I heard from somebody in a, in, a, in a Wednesday morning Bible study that I go to in my community. He goes to the Orthodox Church. Um, his daughters are historically Protestant. His wife is Protestant, but he decided to go to the Orthodox Church. His daughters can't stand sitting through the service because they consider it to be boring. They would rather go to the Protestant Church where it's more engaging. There's nothing wrong with being engaging. And I can see sitting through a formalized liturgy, especially if it's not in someone's language, that would be boring and understandably so. Okay, so can you define engaging for us? Right. In a real real way? Historically, excuse me, I think engaging is a... I mean, like, today, what does it mean when those kids say... It's just more engaging. 
when children say it, uh, whose spiritual status uh, I am unfamiliar with, I think they might mean it's not as fun. I'm attracted to it. Sure. However, I would like to say, especially our Sunday afternoon meetings at Thompson Baptist, we're very engaging. It's We read scripture, then we talk about it as a church. You don't sit and church happens to you. Right. You sit and you're a part of the church. It's yeah. a question and answer. It's a back and forth. Churches should be like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think because we have lost that element of the historic Christian church, which they sat around a table, they Acts 2.42, fellowship, doctrine, breaking of bread, and the prayers. Yeah. You see these elements in the early church. We have over-liturgized, I think, if that's the word. If it's not, it is now. Over-liturgized, uh, over-formalized the idea of assembly in the local church. And so it is not as truly engaging. And so as a result, we bounce back to to a pragmatic and attractional way of saying whatever we're doing is not working. We've got to do more to get them to come in. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned PCC. Um, and I just thought of their water slide, what, whatever they put in, roller yeah. rink. Yeah. And it's different with the college, I think. That's a whole different discussion about validity and attractionals and stuff. But then you think about it. Let's pretend that the church that did that. Who am I to say, you can't have a water slide in your church? I think I can say that because of my own personal right. But at the same time, they might bounce back and say, well, just because you don't have one doesn't mean that it's wrong. And and that's where I think a lot of people get hung up is they're trying to decide, where do I draw that line of how far is too far? I think most of us could safely look and say, without a hint of jealousy, maybe a water park in your church is a bit too far because that's not what the church is for. Mm. And so are we really asking ourselves, what is the purpose of the church? Is it to bring more people in to win them to Christ on the spot? It's great if that happened, but I think that should be incidental rather than purposeful. Purposefully, the purpose of the church was to strengthen and edify and encourage and and help believers along in their life Mm -hmm. so that they could go out and win more Mm -hmm. souls and then they continue to assemble. Mm -hmm. Anything that doesn't line up with that purpose, I think it tends to bleed into that area of attractionalism. Mm -hmm. So do I still have VBS? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not your pastor. Here's what I think. Okay, now I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, uh, because it's it's fun to do the thought experiments, right? Right. You know, it's and it's there's and not just fun. There is a great deal of profit in in thinking. Okay, this is what we're doing. Why sure. are we doing it? What's the line of thinking that leads me to do this? Right. Um, and I think that we have to recognize if you are trying to become a less pragmatic or a less attractional church right now you're you're a church plant so you don't have all of the these things right you get to start brand new right um and there's challenges there in our case you know i recognize that um i recognize the profit of vacation bible school sure and i think that there's a moment in which we have to stop and recognize the grace of god and still working through our feeble means you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I've, I've seen I've seen many lives change through Vacation Bible School. I definitely don't want to detract from that. Sure, and I, I, am I don't thankful think that you of are. the fruit of them. I think we're examining. You know, the question is, should we? Right. You and know, again, I we? think pigeon not pigeonholing, but honing in too much on Vacation Bible sure. School. I know it's just the example. Right, and it, it's a good example. Right. But I think what we're really struggling with is the uh, you know the and I think a great here's a great example. Somebody actually recently came to me. Why don't we have a teen lock in? Oh, yeah. Because I don't want to stay yeah. up 24 hours. Because I want your teens you, to go home and go me? to bed at a decent right. hour. I'm 32 years right. old, not 23. There is right. a difference, you know. Right, right. And I, I don't want to have a 
Here's an idea. You do a teen lock-in at home. Right, right. Put your kids to bed at a decent hour. (laughs) Right. And and, and so I asked, what's the purpose? Well, you know, we get to have fun and go play volleyball and go to the... Why at 3 o'clock in the morning? And people, well, it's fun. I, I get that. But have we considered that sleep is important for growing bodies? And we say, oh, that's just you're just being stuck in the mud. I'm being real. Remember like, we should message? be taking care of our bodies. Remember the message, the doctrine of sleep right. that we listened to? Yeah. That sounds yeah. like Murray. It was. <gasps> I got that just from <laughs> one word. It was. He the preached a message. We need more preaching in the pulpit. He did. He preached a message about <laughs> rest and that's awesome. sleep. And it was... Good. He I didn't know you listened to Murray. Wrote a book <gasps> called Reset. David P. Murray. Yes, it's wow. very good. I'm just tickled pink that somebody very else good. listened to him. We're a bunch okay. of we're a bunch of Baptists listening to a. Well, you made Puritan an assumption reform. there. I don't. Nec- I, we listened to one message. Oh. <laughs> 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 like four <laughs> years. It was just one. I promise. Four <laughs> years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I will say that his book yeah. Reset is very good, and he has a YouTube channel. That he's using. It's called Christian Man Academy. Cool. It is excellent. I can't wait. It is excellent. Check I'm, it out. I am just downright excited. It'll turn you into a man. I actually, uh, since we're mentioning uh, the the David P. Murray, uh, I bought my children devotional books written by David P. Murray. Uh, it has to do with exploring God's Word, and they are absolutely tricky. He's the only one doing it right now. Absolutely eating it up. Mm. Good to get our kids catechized, but that's yeah. another thing completely. Yeah. So anyway, the attractional to, to church. Your topic. Attra- right, yeah. attractional church. And 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 if I just one last thing on this, I know time's short, and we want to get to other topics with you guys. But one more thing on this concept is there is a certain value, and a certain richness, and a certain worth to the richer, more constitutional, in the truest sense of the word, the more stalwart, ironclad practices of the ancient faith that we eating together singing together praying together fellowshipping together mm-hmm. and and I think that we have kind of sacrificed those on the altar of newer things and the answer to in my opinion what must be the most god honoring churches would be this is what we're doing to please the lord we're not going to change to try to attract more people we're trying to continue in uh, i use the word tradition loosely because i'm not really you know i'm not a high church guy but that's kind of the point the first church wasn't high church it was rich it was it was it was uh, i'm trying to think of a word it was it was I think you're looking for authentic. Yeah, authentic. Yeah. You know, yep. like that like that beautiful patina on leather, you know, just the aged, worn, working thing. Mm-hmm. Like an old work glove or an old baseball mitt. Something that works. And it, it doesn't say, I'm going to try to change to uh, catch a wiffle ball. No, it knows how to catch a baseball. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes when we, when we, when we struggle and we say, all right, we've we got to reach this generation. we got to reach this generation. No, we have to continue maturing our theology. We have to continue to learn new things. We have to continue to reach out in, in, in obviously ways that communicate best to the people of our generation. But we don't change what works. And I don't mean to sound and, – and here's the worst part. Um, for some reason, that has come to mean we don't change what has been working since the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't leave the old past. 
when did they start? The 50s and 60s? Right. But when you say old path, you're talking about something that was started by one of our uh, fundamental leaders that we can either respect or not respect. That's besides the point. I'm talking about the real old path, if you want to use it that way. A little bit of ice of Jesus for you here. I'm talking about the real old path, the ones that were started by our earliest Christian fathers or the ones that are mentioned in Hebrews 11. By it, the elders obtained a good report. Those elders, those old paths, they didn't say, oh, man, how are we going to get Canaanites to really come in here and worship Yahweh? Mm. How are we going to get the Canaanite? The early church didn't say, oh, man, how are we going to get the Romans in here? They went out. They lived like Jesus. They were salt and light, and they were trampled because of it, but they right. still were the, how they were. And as a result of our very accommodating, uh, falsely Judeo-Christian America, we have decided to, in a sense, turn it very much inside out and let the world mm -hmm. dictate how we're going to operate That's rather than operating individually yeah. and letting the world come in and explore the difference we're deciding to be different for the world. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll jump in there just for very quick because you guys said I didn't talk enough. Um, you didn't, and so far you still have not. Right. So right. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to find a moment <laughs> to jump more. in there. Okay. And right when I think I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get one, you yeah. know, no, I get cut off by the just person have to that yell talks louder. More. Yeah. But I also thought, you know, this wasn't my topic, so I'll let the person that picked the topic talk the most. But so polite. Oh, thank anyways. you very That's much. But thinking of this podcast, the the purpose to go back to our goal is to encourage and strengthen pastors and church mm -hmm. planners that are that believe like the Bible, that, that are uh, of like faith. And so when I think of that, um, I mean, I would encourage them just, I think the most encouraging thing to hear is, is stay with yes. what the Bible yeah. says, yeah. even if it seems like it's not working. Mm -hmm. Stay with what mm -hmm. the Bible pattern is, because the Bible clearly states be not conformed to this world. Yeah. The word con literally means to come alongside, and the word form obviously means to take form of. So why would we come alongside the form of the world even in to innocent mimic way. it? Even in innocent right. Ways. No, no, right. that's what I under. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, but, exactly right. But why? I, my, you never in any way, shape, or form want to reach out to attract the appetites from those that are put in those people right. by the appetites of the world. Be right. not conformed to this world, but be transformed. So God did that for us. He's called us out of the world. He's called us out from uh, from being like the world and the culture and everything that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And when a person knows Christ, and Christ is in them, the hope of glory, the mystery is revealed, yeah. and Christ takes up residence in them, they will want wholesome things. And you nailed yes. it. You hit the nail on the head talking about engaging because yeah. you can stand on truth. Yeah. The Word of God can be exciting, and you can engage them in the preaching. That preaching is more conversational, not that there's actually a conversation taking place, speaking back and forth, but sure. a conversation with your words and their mind. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. and a journey from point A to point B. Sure. And if you know they're not with you, you can stop and say, all right, stay with me. Yeah, We've yeah, got yeah. to get to point B together here. Yeah. Therefore, they leave feeling engaged. They leave understanding what the Word of God says. Yeah. And hopefully leave with a desire put in them by the Holy Spirit to do something with what they heard. Yeah. And that's that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. And God's brought in three faithful families. Awesome. Um, that, you know, that come not because of our song service right, no right. like no i mean the majority of the people there don't know the hymns yeah. and we're learning the hymns we sing the same hymns over and over and over again yeah, so yeah. that we can learn them little by little or so that they can rather uh no the song service is not that is it exciting yes do i talk about the doctrine in the hymns so that they can also be excited about what they're singing 
Yes, yes. And you we, also bring in the most recent Christian rap artist. No, no. But I do play <laughs> my guitar because we don't have a piano player. <laughs> right <on. laughs> so we do that. Then we 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 do the Bible preaching, and then afterwards we just like you said, yeah. we we fellowship, we yeah. engage in a conversation with one another, mm-hmm. being genuinely interested in yes. their life, where yes. they're at, and their walk with God. Yes. And so far, by God's grace. They've all come back. That's wonderful. So, so, so you know what's actually happening I'm excited here about that. What's happening is ministry, right, and yep. and church that is done God's way, right, is actually attractional. Correct. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, right. Yes. Because people are drawn. God gives us that God-sized void in us. Right. Right. And He. Uh, put out, you know, he, he put us in a position to preach his word and to minister to people and to to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who are lost uh, in this in this world that's getting darker. You know, it's, it's not yeah. like things are getting fuzzier and warmer and friendlier and better. Uh, they're not. Correct. So, mm-hmm. Correct. so it's interesting right. as we've kind of turned this all in its head and be like, yeah, attractional ministry is great, depending on how you define and attractional. And on that, right? When I'm eating healthy, when I'm eating healthy, You're I'm attractive. not attracted. <laughs> I'm attracted. <laughs> yeah. I'm not attracted to McDonald's. I think McDonald's yuck. Right. Yeah. I'm attracted to go to Hannaford across the street from where I work and go get a salad. There you go. Sushi. More expensive, Keep that up, costly. man. Keep yep. that up. Yes. Right on. Thank you. Right. Right. Man. Sushi. Yeah. Sushi. Well, <laughs> very good. we'll we'll cross that bridge. There's cook sushi. There. Yeah. yeah. But think about it. Um, if McDon- if if Hannaford said, "Well, oh, man, McDonald's is making more money. Let's uh, let's switch it up to be more like McDonald's and serve <laughs> some greasy." Good illustration. You know, Chase this one, man. This but, is good. But that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's appealing to an entirely different brand. Right. Uh, Hannaford has no intention, as far as I know, to put. I mean, they do have a wings bar, you know, but they have no intention of saying, <laughs> "Let's let's slap some Big Macs on there." Let's do an entirely different audience. They can go get their cheap, fast fill for McDonald's, or you can carefully go make a salad because you care about your body. Sure. So I guess the whole point is. Um, as someone who's had his life transformed for the sake of the illustration, I no longer want what McDonald's has to offer. And so when the health food stores start offering what McDonald's has to offer, they've lost a part of their identity that appeals mm-hmm. to people who have the right priorities in the first place. Sure, yeah. All sure. they're trying to do is bring people in that, that already want McDonald's. Their, their lives aren't transformed. High That's five. a good high five. Right. See the illustration? Did a good job there. So then my word to the wise, I suppose. My word to the wise closing up, and then I'll, you men give your word to wise as well. Can we do a... A musical word to the wise thing. If you word yes. to the wise. <laughs> okay, that was bad. Right, that How was, was that, guy. That was horrible. Go no. ahead, no. Aaron. Okay, I was too quiet. Um, my word, my word, <laughs> <laughs> my word to the wise. Um, let the Bible define success. I heard mm. a message by Mark Foster lately, and, and I'll tell you what. I I am just, oh, I I. Mark Foster preached this. He said, faithfulness isn't, let's stop saying, well, you didn't get anything done today at church, but at least you were faithful. It's not on the bottom. It's on the top. Mm. <laughs> right. That Amen. changed everything for me. Amen. Mm. Like, it's good. Jesus' name is faithful and true. Yes. It's not successful and true, right? Right. Let the Bible define success. Right. Success is faithfulness. So even if I lose all the families in my church, which at times I felt like I was going to for sure, <laughs> because might. there were Hang certain on. things that we wouldn't <laughs> capitulate on, you know? Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to make myself a victim or a martyr. Well, I wouldn't give up the faith and they left me. No, I, it, but sometimes people are looking for something else and they're not going to find it at the Topston Baptist Church. And you know what? It, that's their walk, not mine. And my whole point is if I were to try to let their faithfulness define my success, well, that's a ever 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, fluctuating crest and troughs of, of success. But if I just say, you know what, I am called to do one thing, and that is to be a good, faithful shepherd to the Thompson Baptist Church. Uh, whatever will come, will come. And I recognize that against all optimism, I am in the midst of an ever-increasingly darkened culture that it will probably get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And just because of that, I think we're getting a little scared. And I think we're getting a little bit of rabbit in our blood. And we say, what can I do to stop this from happening? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe maybe stop trying to stop it from happening. Just keep being faithful and let the timeline of God's universal plan come to pass. For there has to be a great falling away. Whatever mm-hmm. that means, this might certainly be part of it. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to play hungry hippos with the ones who are destined to fall away anyway mm-hmm. because they don't want the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to, to come to that takes a huge load off of your shoulders because you're not yes. thinking, oh, no, mm-hmm. oh, no, now what, now what? No, it's 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 not really between you and them. It's between yeah. you and God if yeah. between you and God is clear. Yeah. And so my word to the wise would be very simple, that the same Jesus that said he would build his church mm. is the same Jesus that gave us the Bible that yeah. said it will not return void. Yeah. And therefore, if we are able to cast the seed indiscriminately across all parties across everybody in our town everywhere then it's not going to return void and so that's what we have to stay faithful to do yeah which is at the top yeah i like that that's good stuff i guess i would add uh you know you mentioned seed and and faithfulness you know and if we faithfully plant seed um, we understand that you can put seed in the ground on day one and when you get out there in day two, you may see nothing mm-hmm. going on, maybe not even day three or day four. But nobody, after planting you know, seeds in their garden, they don't go out to their garden the next day uh, and start yelling at, the seed, you know, yelling at the ground to produce seed. You just keep faithfully doing it. And then when seed does come, you get a weed, yeah. right? You've got yeah. to protect that. You've got to water it. But even then, there's so much work involved in sowing, right? In sowing that seed yeah. to where you finally reap fruit. Uh, but the law of sowing and reaping is still true. We were talking about that in the ride down, mm-hmm. is that the law of sowing and reaping is true. And so if we will faithfully uh, sow the word of God and not try and be um, hip, you know, and, and what the kids say these days, we're not trying to be uh, epic or what are some of the new words they have? Uh, on fleek. On fleek. Lit. Mm. Or lit. not heard of any of I've those. not heard of on fleek. Where are you getting these? Or lit. Where, where are you getting these? Yeah. Yeah, suspiciously. <laughs> Off the interwebs. <laughs> Off the interwebs, of course. Yeah. We don't have to be those things. Yeah. We don't no, praise. We don't. Actually, praise God, we don't have to be those things. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. We just have to yeah. get up and, and right. preach the words. And, and, and the sad reality of that is, Chad, there, there is going to be a generation that we don't impact because of that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that generation has been trained. Yep. You're uh, right. Hopefully not by godly parents, but tragically by the school system and by, you know, uh, uh, half-invested Sunday school teachers all around the world that church should accommodate to meet their needs. Yeah. Sure. And they say this church is too old-fashioned. Even if the church is on the cutting right. edge of effort, technology, Bible right. preaching. Or they don't have the right kids program for it right. kids. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. We've lost some who came to our church from a mega church. <laughs> Sure. I love that face, Chad. That was a good face. What it face? was the face of people who said, we don't have the right program for our kids. <laughs> um, what? What? We don't make faces in the studio. <laughs> but um, but no, we lost we lost a couple because yeah. they came from a mega church. And um, so you're absolutely right. There is going to be a generation of people that we don't get because they will always see us a too old-fashioned because the stubbornness of the ancient Christian faith should and must be immune 
to the ever-changing tides of culture. So thank you, men, and we're thankful to our listeners. Join us next time as we continue to explore this exciting aspect of ministry, planting and rooting. Mm -hmm.